Welcome to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Now put aside everything you think you know about business practices today and stay right here for the next hour as you're sure to find some surprises and wisdom to help you play the business game right. Now, here is your host, Peter Feinstein. Welcome to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Every week, uh, Business Rules takes on business from a completely different perspective. Each week, it's the perspective of my guests. And um, we, uh, we look through their eyes and through their experience. And these are people who not only do a really good job of talking the talk, thank goodness, because it makes my life here a lot easier. <laughs> um, and Amy, you can laugh. Um, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> but they actually, uh, they actually do an amazing job of walking the walk. And, uh, and that makes my job um, as a host even better because of the people that I bring to the people listening to the show. Um, that's where the real value is. No posers. Um, these are people who really just actually get it done. Today's show, and uh, I kind of you know tipped my hand. Uh, my guest is Amy Winsky, and I'll tell you a little bit more about her. But I want to just kind of set the table for the uh, for the content and context of the show. Um, you know, in writing up uh, in writing up some of the uh, promotional pieces for this, I thought to myself, "Man, there is so much more to growing a business than just reg- registering it with your state or your community, or having a bookkeeper, a CPA, or an attorney." I hate attorneys, but I love attorneys. Um, if you need real estate or a building, which a lot of companies who are brick and mortar, and even interestingly enough, those who are not. Um, need to have a building, you need a completely different kind of professional. So, you know, you're going to need the insights and expertise from someone like my guest, Amy Winsky. Amy is uh, from AmeriCapital, and it's her company. So, I mean, this is not just, you know, just an employee or, you know, or someone who hangs out there and says, yeah, I'm with AmeriCapital. Come fly me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this week's show, excuse me, is all about um, how you need an expert to navigate the shark-infested waters of commercial real estate finance. Those are, let's see, commercial real estate finance. It depends on if you hyphenate real estate. It's either three or four really scary, potentially scary words. Um, today's show is for you if you own a business or plan on owning a business um, or if you're thinking of going into business. And, um, and the reason is because you're going to learn some really, truly amazing insider secrets um, on the rules of how to work commercial lending. And, um, and some of the things that, uh, that we'll talk about is we're going to reveal why it takes an expert to get financing, even when things look like they're all a go. Um, whether you're buying or building, buying a, a building, or just thinking along those lines, um, you need to listen. And, uh, and my guest this week, as I said, Amy Winsky from AmeriCapital. Amy's been involved in financing commercial real estate for over 30 years. It was and still is a male-dominated business, but I'm here to tell you just from personal experience and my couple years relationship with Amy, um, she's got it. <laughs> she, Thank you. You're, you're very welcome. Um, <laughs> She's uh, always up for a challenge. And uh, when she opened her first mortgage company uh, back in 1986, 
she decided that commercial real estate interested her more than residential, and she set her sights on that marketplace. Having closed commercial transactions in several different states with transactions well into the millions, she continues to enjoy the industry despite its twists and turns and male dominance over the year. Take that, men. <laughs> she is and has been involved in many industry-related organizations, holding leadership positions in several of them. And we'll talk a little bit about them in a little bit. Um, key to it, though, is um, Amy's encouragement to young women in real estate finance today to work within the commercial side of the business. Family and philanthropy. <laughs> philanthropy? Philanthropy. <laughs> wow. You know what? I usually get pronunciations really good, but it's like, yeah. Eh. It's the traffic today. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, they are extremely important to Amy, and she enjoys being a community servant with many organizations throughout the Valley, some of which she's volunteered with over 30 years. Amy, welcome to Business Rules. Thanks, Peter. It's so good to have you here. I think it's, um, I mean, I thought to myself, it's like, okay, so I need to generate some excitement and have some excitement for the show. Um, it's still... Was it hard to generate excitement about commercial real estate? No, actually, oh, okay, because, good. I mean, I hear you talk about it at every one of the... So we're in a networking group together, and that's a long story because the group started <laughs> off to be a whole different thing than where we're at now. Um, and it's been... Um, it's actually been really exciting um, in the past couple of years where we've kind of shifted away from a bigger networking group to a smaller one, right. and um, and it's 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 been kind of exciting. So... Um, one of the things that I like to do uh, with my guests and for my guests and the people listening is to have a little bit of an icebreaker. So we've got some of the 30-year professional history, and I promise it won't be anything that you okay. can't answer. It's not a trick <laughs> you question. You saw me getting scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the body language is like, no, Tighten we're not going to do this. <laughs> And, and you've actually shared some of this with, uh, with me and, and the networking group in the past. Tell us what you were like in high school. Oh, my goodness. Are you thinking about that video that I did on, on my, life, my life history? First of all, you said about walking the walk. You know, it's all in the shoes. It's Defin all in the shoes. And the orthotics. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Those aren't fashionable. You've got to have fashionable shoes. That's what separates the women from the men in this industry. Yeah. High school, um, it depends on the year. You know, I was a, a cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Freshman, you don't sound surprised. Freshman, sophomore, and junior year. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania outside of Pittsburgh. Right. And uh, there was a huge flood that came and it wiped out the whole city. And my dad lost his business and I lost some family members. And um, so by the time my senior year came, things were pretty bleak for the town and for my family personally. Yeah. So I stopped cheerleading to get a job because there were times when. Um, my little $66 paycheck was was feeding my mom and my dad and I. So, you know, it, it just depends on the year when you're asking me about what I was like in high school. I was a little more withdrawn that senior year from yeah. from a lot of people because I, I didn't quite understand the magnitude of what my parents were going through at the time. Yeah, but it sounds like you actually did to a certain point and had a maturity to understand um, an element of priorities. I, I'm thankful for, you know, everybody has peaks and valleys. I'm thankful for every valley. They have made me appreciate all the peaks. Yeah. 
That's great. That's uh, that's interesting, and 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 I know about the insights, and it's something where I think that knowing um, knowing the contrast between freshman, sophomore, junior years, and the senior year. Um, it gives the people listening an opportunity to understand the context in which you've had this fairly significant, successful career and continuing to this, you know, I mean, to this very minute, not just it's like, oh, it was nice in the past, the glory days, blah, 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 blah. No, I mean, it goes on to today. It doesn't scare me to tread water. Ah. You know, I, I've. That's a great picture. I yeah. have. I, you know, getting in this industry in the 80s, we saw the, the struggles with the RTC in the late 80s. We saw the uh, savings and loan collapse. Yep. We saw, of course, in the 2008 to 2001, it went a lot longer than anyone anticipated, you know, the, the implosion of so many lenders. Right. And literally, I'd log on to my computer every morning, and there was an implodometer, and it <sighs> would tell you all the companies that had, you know, closed up and overnight. Gosh. So, but, you know, you just become, like I said, you become more thankful. And Peter, I have never been afraid of hard work. I'm just afraid of no work. Yep. So I don't have any problem whatsoever working a little bit harder. I thought at this point in my life, at this point in my career, maybe I'd slow down a little bit. And I worked more weekends last year from in a business that's nine to five Monday through Friday. <laughs> yeah, um, except. Yeah, worked more weekends last year than I worked in the previous four or five years. Yep. It just I, depends on the year. Yeah, no, absolutely, and the circumstances, external and internal. Mm-hmm. So that's high school. Let's let's jump to present day, but not commercial lending yet. Okay. Um, so think about all your relationships and the companies. Uh, that you know of or do business with, um, what two organizations, and they may not be businesses that you work with, but maybe volunteer, um, companies outside of your own, um, which, which two do you know the most people in and, um, and why? They're more industry industry related organizations, and probably SAR, which is the uh, Scottsdale Area Association of Realtors. Ah. I'm an affiliate member, although I have a real estate license. I, I don't use it for my membership there. Um, I'm an affiliate member so that I can talk about commercial finance with the realtors. Uh, I am this year. I am the the chairperson of the commercial forum, and we have wow. we have monthly meetings and speakers and all about all the commercial. Uh, we just did ours yesterday on the retail segment of our industry and the changes that retail has faced recently. So, And I'm involved in a global connections group through SAR and uh, commercial services committees, so I'm very involved there. And I guess the other one that I'm fairly involved in is do I know the most people? Is that the question? Yeah. With what organizations do you know the most people in and why? And you've, I mean, you've obviously given us a really good example of why within SAR. Okay. So this will be non-industry related. Ah. And that is, um, I am a member, a proud member of 100 Women Who Care. So there's 100 women right there, 100 plus women who care. That's cool. And so we're a uh, charitable group. but Yeah. An organization, but not necessarily a charitable organization where your money goes to that organization. Sure, you distribute. So our commitment is to commit to $100 per woman every quarter. And so $100 times 100 women is $10,000 each quarter that we donate to a local charity. Wow, that's huge. It's huge. 
I mean, the, this organization, I think I've been av- around since it started the Scottsdale chapter, which is about three and a half to four years ago. It's been around, they started in Ahwatukee, so, or in the East Valley, um, so maybe five years. And they're already well over th- like $300,000 $300, worth of donations. Wow. And we, ha- we now have four different chapters here in the Valley. So that's it's a, a very that's exciting, very exciting. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. That's huge. And each woman has an opportunity to represent a charity of her choice. So I represent – and then you, we draw three out of a hat. Uh-huh. And then the, the speaker, the people who represent those charities speak briefly, answer questions, and then we as members vote. And then you write the check directly to the charity that wins – and you get your receipt back for your taxes immediately. Wow. So I represented uh, previously Kitchen on the Street, and I was I won, and we got – we weren't quite at our 100 members at the time, so I think we ended up with $9,700 to Kitchen on the Street. That's huge. It was huge. That is remarkable. Yeah. What's also remarkable is that we've already flown through the first <laughs> segment. I mean, yeah, wow. it, it's – exactly. We are literally coming up against our first against our first break. I suggest a refill on your cup of coffee. Or if you're a soda person in the morning, then you do that. Um, Maybe you want to get up off your chair, out, just stretch yourself. We'll come back in two minutes. And when we do, we'll talk with Amy and ask her to tell us a little bit about her background in finance. Come back in two minutes. We'll be here for you. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to HPowerMarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then ask us to show you how we can save you money, too. Go to HPowerMarketing.com. That's HPowerMarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's HPowerMarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800-300-9124. That's 800-300-9124. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. 
Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. My guest this week, commercial real estate financier, Amy Winsky. Yeah, sounds fancy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that fancy. (laughs) Nope, but you know what? Down-to-earth works, and it works even even better in commercial real estate finance and lending. Um, Hopefully, you got a chance to get some coffee or move around. Um, just before the break, Amy was telling us about the two entities, organizations that she's involved with. Um, let's jump universes and really get into your wheelhouse okay. and talk about uh, about commercial real estate finance. Let's talk about your history and, and, and your, your background on this. You know, give us like, okay, I started here and here's how it, how it all began. Well, uh, my husband and I, and we've been married almost 36 years um, had sold a business, and he was uh, moving to California to go to law school, and I was staying on board with the business to help them transition. And my father-in-law did private money investing for an insurance company with their hmm. insurance premiums. And they were getting ready to relocate the company to Birmingham, Alabama, and he didn't want to move. And he said, well, you know how to run a company, so let's, <laughs> let's open a – and I know mortgages, so let's open a mortgage company. And we said, okay. And so we ran a little tiny ad in the paper. And do you know that some of those initial investors, that we ran this ad for investors to make you know, 12% back or whatever it was uh-huh. on, on their money, um, some of them are still with us. Wow. Yes. Holy cow. Yes. So 30 – 32 years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I was 11. No, I wasn't. I was older than that. But we <laughs> and, I'm sitting, and I'm sitting here like, yeah. <laughs> no. But we so we we started this company and uh, had a small office at 68th Street in Thomas. And my very first loan that came in, uh, and I was doing some residential, and my very first loan that came in on the commercial side was a pasta factory in Cave Creek. Wow. And I financed that with a small family insurance company here in Arizona. Do you know that I have a loan in there with them right now? I'm still working with the guys right now. That's amazing. (laughs) Yes, our relationship is over 30 years old. That is so cool. And they're a great group of people to work with. And um, I realized that it's not as cookie cutter as the residential and that I'm a deal junkie. And I kind of like all the different (laughs) fun twists and turns. Yep. Um, my one of my very, I guess my second loan was a residential loan. Uh, we had a client, and I refinanced his property up on Camelback Mountain, and I did a two million dollar residential loan for him, and we were paying off twenty six investors, 
and two of them were dead. Oh, my gosh. So it was so complicated, and it's where I got to look learn a little bit about the title side of the business and to yep. have a re- great amount of respect for people that work on the title side <sighs> because of all they have to go through to get clean, rep- you know, clean title on right. things. We had to track down family members. And then when we got down to it, the payoff from some of the investors as we were getting ready to fund was higher than they told us. And so we, and I ended up having to negotiate. Now I'm 23, 24 years old, and this is, this business is rather foreign to me to begin with. Yeah. And had to negotiate with a security savings bank uh, for them to take a $200,000 discount on their second lien position. Oh, my goodness. And they did it. Wow. And they did it. And we funded it and we closed it. And that client was a very good client of mine for a lot of years. Okay. So I was going to ask, how did you get hooked? And you just answered it because it's like, I've got the adrenaline rush and it's vicarious. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm listening to you describe this transaction, <laughs> and I know that that was like one piece of this humongous multi-moving piece transaction. Right. And it's like, and yeah, and gosh, we owe them more than we had projected, which means that, oh, oh look, no one makes money. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I didn't even know where to start to negotiate other than to just call, ask for somebody, and just tell them what our situation was. And I got really lucky that, that I had good people that, you know, kind of showed me things and helped me work through them. And it was a good, it was a, it was a good learning experience. And then I hired a little gal who was uh, 19, and she worked for me. And we specialized in the non-conforming is what we called it, or the gray money is kind of what we called it, um, non-bankable loans or non-A paper loans. Now they call, you know, then they went into those all different, the, all all those the different yeah, there are so many different names for them, but we called them, um, we called them gray money or non-conforming back then. And I hired her and between the two of us, I think we went 31 business days in a row closing loans. We closed a loan every day for 31 days with the two of us. <laughs> It was just, I mean, because she was just so efficient and so great, and we had it down to a science, and we just had, and that really is what established the company was we just got, and my father-in-law was still doing the private money stuff, but we had, I had moved more into the, you know, if I was going to do residential, it was going to be the non-conforming stuff. And most of my, uh, it was great because I had great relationships with a lot of the brokers who were doing government loans and were doing conforming loans. So I would give them any referrals that came in for that stuff, and sure. they would give me their non-conforming. And, and so it was taking, just... Taking the headaches off of their plate, right. which happened to be in your wheelhouse and your joy mm-hmm. and your, your, your addiction. And I still specialize <laughs> in the loans that the banks can't do. Yeah. I do a fair amount of bankable loans. I'm, I just got two approvals from two different banks on two different loans yesterday. So I do a fair amount of those, but... The majority of my referrals come from banks when they can't do something that I can do. So after those 31 days of, you know, boom, 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 I can imagine, you know, you probably looked in the mirror at some point and said, yes, this is why I'm doing this because this is just so much fun. And she made it fun. This little gal made it fun. Dawn made it fun. She's a little uh, Bermudan gal and she just was spunky as could be and smart as like nobody else for a 19-year-old kid. And we just, you know, we, we ended up with a lot of business and it, 
it catapulted us, I guess. That's really cool. That's yeah. that is a great story. So in looking at the rules of commercial lending, and this is kind of a little a little an as, a little aside, um, what's the one rule you would consider bending, breaking, or rewriting in commercial lending, or maybe that you've already done, and figuring that you know you're you're an expert in the non-conforming. I've got to imagine that you've already tackled some of this and done that. Give us an example. You know, I hate the FICO score. Mm. I think it's made underwriters, it's made the industry lazy. Um, I, I, do, I do kind of preach this, so that was an easy one to answer, to be cool. honest with you, because I come from the old school, and, you know, when we used to pull credit reports, it was on thermal paper. <laughs> And you had to copy them really quick because <laughs> right. otherwise it wouldn't be there tomorrow. <laughs> so um, I actually still go through and read the credit instead of just looking at those numbers. Uh -huh. And I have a fair amount of clients that that are maybe in the 500s for their FICO score Ooh. that uh, I would take a chance on um, over somebody who's a 720. And I'm going to tell you why. Because yeah. I I did for a long period of time and still do every now and then many convenience stores or small retail stores. Mm -hmm. So once or twice a year, they have to put everything on their credit cards to to beef up their shelves, like for Christmas or oh. for different holidays. So they end up they end up putting everything on their credit card. So depending on when you pull their credit, yep. it could be a five sixty eight. Six months from now it could be seven twenty. Right. You just have to look at the cycles of their credit to see, you know, are they somebody who pays their bills? Maybe they're overextended on their credit, but give them a month, and that's going to be completely different. So it, it takes, I think, more common sense, more black and white than, you know, you just looking at the paper and going, oh, he's a 560, I won't lend to him. I, I would never do that. I'll find a program for him because I believe in especially small business. Now, I've been self-employed since I was 19. Yep. And this country was built on and still rides on the back of small business. Yep. So, and I've done a fair amount of SBA loans. Um, so sm my small business people are really the ones that I uh, have a tendency to uh, look after and make sure that they're getting the right loan program. I mean, if I see somebody who's getting ready to grow or they might need a credit line, I know which bank to put them with that, that might give them a business credit card, a business credit line, is going to watch over their accounts with them, help them grow. We have so many good banks, so many good local and regional banks here that um, there, there are so many good banks for our small self-employed people. That's amazing because it's something where being so retail-oriented in my business, which is as a direct response advertising agency, our business is business to business, but everything that our clients do, for the most part, except for a couple that are B2B, are business to consumer. Mm -hmm. And so our focus is, you know, the Wells Fargo's and Bank of America's and, you know, whatever other um, commercial, uh, not commercial, but consumer Right. Lending, and so it's something where it's it's actually really really gratifying to hear. And there are great people at Wells Fargo on the commercial side. Oh, sure. Trust me, because they send me referrals. But there, no, <laughs> no, and there are great people, and I take them business. So there are great people there. But then, you know, some of our smaller banks too. There are, they are really more uh, into watching their clients grow and and growing their accounts and growing their wealth. And 
my clients need a lot of my clients need that or want that. I'll bet. I mean, and there's got to be based on the duration of the, the the time that you've been in business and the referral um, activity that you generate. Uh, there's an element of reputation. Um, that comes with that. And I think it's like, you know, outlaw Amy Winsky. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been called a rebel before. <laughs> so as we, uh, as we close down onto this second segment, um, rebel Amy Winsky <laughs> will come back and uh, we'll, we'll be back in two minutes to talk a little bit more about commercial real estate and lending and uh, get a f- little bit more in the way of insights from Amy's point of view. Back in two minutes. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to hpowermarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then ask us to show you how we can save you money, too. Go to hpowermarketing.com. That's hpowermarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's hpowermarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800-300-9124. That's 800-300-9124. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Sometimes I forget to say with Peter Feinstein, and then I remember, oh, yeah, it's with me. You might want to. I'm such a dork. <laughs> <laughs> the guest, my guest this week is Amy Winsky from AmeriCapital. And um, Amy has just been giving us the ins and outs. And uh, I think some of the, uh, some of the more addictive parts of commercial lending that really kind of tripped her trigger and made it so that she was just um, just enamored of the business and has uh, has really helped her uh, go and grow. 
Something that I want to make sure that we do before we get too deep into the discussion, as if we're already not, because we're halfway through it, (laughs) is for you to share with the people listening um, where they can find you, whether it's email, website, um, social media, Instagram. You know, I I have no idea. Oh, yeah, I am on Instagram, too. Okay, so there you go. Um, On Twitter, I'm at Amy Winsky, A-M-Y-W-I-N-S-K-I. LinkedIn, I'm Amy Winsky. Yep. Um, our company website is www.amcap-online.com. Not an easy one. And my email is amy, A-M-Y, at oneamcap.com. So that's the numeral one, A-M-C-A-P dot com. Gotcha. Because I have said the number one before to people, and then they call me and say, I yeah, put T-H-E-N-U-M. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. So And the email bounced back. Exactly. So um, you can probably uh, find me best through email. I, I answer my emails fairly promptly, but I am on Instagram and uh, Twitter and LinkedIn and all of those. So cool. you can find me there, too. Do you blog sometimes? I don't blog. I'm shy. Okay. Well, that's fine. You can, you can be shy and blog. I'm an, I'm an introvert. You wouldn't believe it. I by... am an ambivert. <laughs> Nobody believes me. What? Okay. So <laughs> we're going to take a hard right-hand turn. Join me here. Join me into amb- ambivert land. If that's like intro and extro? Yes. Wow. Just so depends, it depends on... on the situation. Ah. You know what? I, th- I think I might, be, might yeah. be some of that, too. So people always think that I'm rather, you know, I don't know, not gregarious, but kind of... Extemporaneous. Uh, yeah, there you go. And and I'm really not. Like, I can feel alone in a crowd of 300 people. Sure. But, so it's... Been there, do that. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I completely get that. See? Ooh, shake that off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... One of the things about commercial lending, not to give short shrift to the extroverts or the introverts, (laughs) um, but for the ambiverts out there, what are the kind of, what are the the commercial properties that that jack you up the most? There have been so (laughs) many fun ones. I was trying to think of that too, driving over here. Um, You know, I did an advanced driving school. In Pahrump, Nevada, a few years ago. No way. I did. <laughs> I did. It was Chevrolet sponsored. Sweet. It's still there, um, although I think my client sold it. But it um, it was so interesting because we actually had to budget $250,000 to protect the desert tortoise. So we had to remove nine live uh, burrows. Oh, my goodness. And we had to put up special protective fencing. So $250,000 of our budget was for desert tortoise protection and removal. Wow. So that was kind of interesting. I, um, I have financed several gentlemen's clubs. So I was fairly known for that because I looked at them as income-producing properties. So I had a gentleman who came to me. He had been everywhere. He couldn't get eight, even 18% money. Oh, my goodness. For To finance his property. He was pulling some cash out to build another property, not a strip club, but another property. And um, he had a totally nude club. And we were able to get the bank to underwrite it as a an income-producing property. And we got him 5.5% interest on a 25-year amortized loan. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. He's a great borrower. 
was a great borrower. That's ridiculous. And honestly, his gentleman's club was cleaner than the restaurant I had financed the month before. I don't doubt it. It was spotless. Wow. Yeah. That is so cool. So you've got you've got your favorites and the ones that that really, you know, you can sink your teeth into. And this may take a moment to think or you may be able to just like have it. What's the most unique loan you've you've worked on? I would think probably that advanced driving school. You know, I I had a client come to me once uh, over about an 11-month period. I tried to tell him three times I I wasn't interested in doing his loan because I had been to 18 different lenders and nobody wanted his loan. It was the 19th lend. I stuck it out with him because I liked him personally. Uh, Yeah. Um, We did a 238-unit manufactured housing community oh yeah in bullhead city and nobody wanted it and i believed in my borrower and I, even though I, tr- I kept saying to him go somewhere else you know i, I just i can't i don't have the resources <laughs> john please but you know he was um i really believed in this borrower and it was the 19th lender you know on numbers games like that it is so cool to go through that process it was um, exhausting, Peter. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? If you have the confidence in it. I did. And, and, and my guess is the mindset that you took to it, which is the mindset that, that a persistent person, and I consider myself to be persistent, as a matter of fact. I mean, if you were to ask my parents, my dad's dead, but he would, he would come back from the grave <laughs> and tell you that I, would, I, I was just absolutely relentless. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to 18 times you get to you know you get no which means you are now that much closer to yes right and it was a unique piece of property it had great views it sat high up <sighs> it overlooked the water it had wonderful sunsets um we worked diligently with the army corps of engineers to try and restructure some of the water flow that would be coming from the project and uh, we ended up it was a it's a fifty five and up community. Uh huh. Sure. And it it ended up coming out of the ground three phases and it came out. Wow. So yeah, we didn't give up. That I is... tried. I tried to walk away, but I. <laughs> that is so cool. That is really great... cool. So we're going to shift gears for a moment and not necessarily business rule breaking. Although maybe I'm breaking the rules of the show. I'm not sure. Um, what do you do in your free time? You know, I have the most incredible family. Yeah. I have twins, a boy and a girl who just yep. turned 24 years old, and they are finishing up their master's in biomedical diagnostics at ASU and preparing for our medical school. Um, we all play volleyball together. Huh. Uh, we hike the various mountains together. We're pretty much, there's not a sport that I met that I didn't love, so I'll do any sport. But uh, we just, the four of us kind of travel in a little pack and then I have several different groups of girlfriends that are incredible. That we have, <laughs> we have lots of wine nights. So, you know, we and and my husband and I both love to cook. Our kids like to cook, so we do a lot of cooking at our house. And yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. family. That's cool. Family and philanthropy. Family and philanthropy. And actually, you know what? I can say that three times fast, but I'm not going to because I probably won't. <laughs> okay, so the family is really cool. And I know that it, that's, it's a huge source of pride 
and uh, and love and i think it's it's a source for you for a lot of your energy and 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 your joy absolutely um when you take a look though at business let's let's kind of um kind of jump back a little bit um how and where do you source your business as far as uh, lender, on the lender end, or where do I source to get business? To get business. To get business? Yeah. Most of my business comes from bankers. A fair amount of my business comes from bankers because I won't take their deposits away from them. So I'm the safe referral. Yeah. If, they were to refer, if one bank were to refer to somebody at another bank, they might lose that deposit. Yep. Those deposits and those accounts and the compensating balances that go along with those on a monthly basis. So... I'm safe there because I don't take their deposits. Yeah, you become an ideal and then I'm referral really, source for And them. I'm really particular as to who I then send those bank clients to because I don't ever want to send them to a bank that might take deposits away from my referring source. Yep. Um, I get a fair amount of business from uh, clients that I've worked with in the past, relatives of clients, friends of clients that I've worked with in the past. That makes sense. And out of state, I get a fair amount of business from brokers that I've worked with in the past. I have, um, there was a, a man that ran a bank in Colorado, and I did several different transactions with him throughout the state of Colorado in the late 90s to mid 2000s, and then he retired. And uh, he, this broker called me out of the blue and said, you know, this guy is a mentor of mine. And he just travels so much. And he said, you know what, you just need to deal with Amy. I know she's all the way down there in Arizona, but you need to deal with her because she'll train you. She'll get you up and running. She'll help you. She'll fund some deals for you. And she'll answer all your questions. How cool is that? (laughs) He's got about $18 million worth of loans in with me right now. Wow. That's huge. So when and speaking about loans, and forgive me, I mean, I'm so naive and I know so little about commercial lending. Is there a, like a typical loan term for commercial loans? Well, it depends on what the borrower needs. So if we're repositioning or they can't qualify for a bankable loan, then we have to go into the private money arena or the hard money arena. Mm-hmm. And those go anywhere from one to three years. But if you're looking at bankable-type loans, those can have a 15, a 20, or a 25-year term. And if you're looking at government-type loans, like for Fannie Mae or HUD for multifamily, yeah. those can have anywhere from 30 to 40 years. So it's really kind of all over the it's road. It's all over the place. It's, it's completely different for the most part from residential. Oh, yes. So that – I mean that's another point of differentiation that gives you um, just – you know, there's just an, another element More of fun. More puzzle pieces. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And the logic involved in putting those pieces together, I mean that's that's got to be a lot more fun. It is. And even, you know, I do see a fair amount of the hard money stuff because I do the stuff that nobody else wants to do in a lot of cases. Um, but it's really – that's just the Band-Aid. Yeah. My, my hard money loan is just a Band-Aid loan to get you to where whatever your case may be, whether it's credit or saving up money or whatever the situation may be for that person, to where we can then get them a more bankable loan, long-term loan, lower rates, and get them more bankable. Gotcha. That makes perfect sense. <sighs> Astonishingly, the hour is screaming along. And we are coming up to our next break. When we come back from that break, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, about the hurdles of getting commercial financing. And uh, so when we come back, Amy is going to share her experience there. 
and um, just sit tight for two minutes as we do some business, and we'll come back and finish things off with Amy Winsky. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to hpowermarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then ask us to show you how we can save you money, too. Go to hpowermarketing.com. That's hpowermarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's hpowermarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800 300 9124. That's 800-300-9124. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Build a better business, achieve that goal, make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. My guest this week, Amy Winsky. Amy is a commercial lending master. And if you think that's sexist, well, you're wrong <laughs> because it's just a, it's a perfect description of her mastery over the business and in the business. So um, typically you think 10,000 hours, um, at least from common, common business wisdom, makes you an expert. You can do that in like less than 12 years. And Amy's been doing this for 30 plus. So um, the math is really simple. It's like, you know. Wow, I, I sound kind of good now. Yeah. <laughs> see? Pat yourself on the back. Yeah. I'll show you a Tai Chi move later. Okay, good it's deal. Really <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Amy's success, though, isn't, uh, it isn't magic. Um, it's actually based on keen understandings of the markets. And that's actually um, the really great part for us to, uh, to take in this fourth segment. Um, we told you that we were going to have you talk about and, and uh, teach us a little bit about um, some of the hur- hurdles facing commercial lending. 
Um, how, you know, first of all, I guess identify uh, the hurdles that you've seen in commercial lending. And, and then the second part of that would be, you know, what have you done um, that's either been the most creative or the most baffling or the, just the, the, the wildest to overcome those hurdles? You know, I used to teach a class to residential uh, loan officers mm-hmm. called the Four C's of Commercial Finance just to kind of keep it in their head. And those those really kind of sum up the hurdles. It's the collateral, yep. the credit, okay. the character of the borrower, oh, yeah. and the capability to repay. So yep. really those those four Cs are the are the answers that you need to have to get a project or or a property, a project financed or a property purchased or refinanced. Um, and they they are really what the hurdles are too, because we have property challenges. Uh, lenders still refer to buildings as being single purpose, and they won't lend on a building sometimes if it's single purpose. Now, they used to say that about restaurants all the time, hmm. until I watched Hulahans on Tatum and Cactus turn into a Parkway Bank. Oh, so yeah. So how single purpose was that restaurant? Well, yeah, not right. So I don't really believe the sing- – I never believed in the single-purpose thing because I feel like you can gut it and start all over and, you know, as long as you have good parking, you, you can put anything <laughs> there. But that, that collateral is sometimes an issue. Sure. Um, and we have property challenges. We have documentation challenges with borrowers because sometimes they don't have the financials mm. to – maybe they don't have the down payment. Yep. Um, some lenders will not allow a seller carry back, will not allow a second lien behind theirs, like if you're doing an SBA-type loan. Oh. Um, I, yep. So there's certain programs that you have to watch. Sometimes you can allow for a seller carry back, but sometimes you can't. Um, and so those documentation challenges, quite honestly, there are borrowers who just don't want to provide their tax returns. Sure. They would rather pay hard money rates than show a bank their Yep. But you're talking about the difference between a 5 and a 6% loan and an 11 and a 12% loan. Mm. But if it's something that they need to reposition, like maybe buy out a partner, yep. then and it's just kind of the cost of doing business. Yep. And so they write it off. So they, we have documentation challenges, too. Gotcha. Credit challenges. I mean, that kind of speaks for itself because, um, again, because people tend to use that darn little number, that little FICO number, instead of reading the credit, and it just doesn't... It doesn't make sense to a lot of uh, lenders that have to fit within certain boxes. That's also the beauty of using a mortgage broker. We're a mortgage, a licensed mortgage banking firm, mm-hmm. a mortgage banker, but we function in a lot of ways as a mortgage broker. So if you take your loan to a bank, you're stuck with just those parameters. Right. Just whatever the bank can lend in their little box, that's it. Whereas just this week, I had one where the bank came back and said, oh, I didn't read this right. I misunderstood. We can't do that loan after all. I just rip off the cover sheet, put on another one, and send it to the next bank. (laughs) And the borrower doesn't even know that we've submitted to the next bank. Right. But that's the beauty of using a broker is that we have many opportunities to place the loan. We always try and start out with the the best programmer that the borrower wants. If they're rate sensitive, we try and take them for rates. If I think they're going to need to grow with a bank who might be a little bit higher, but the the client support is there, the customer support is there, and yep. that's kind of what my client needs, then I'll put them with that one. And, you know, it's, it's just kind of a game of chess with yeah. regard to that. But credit is um, 
credit is kind of an issue, especially because so many people lost property and had credit challenges yep. in recent years. Uh, the length of time sometimes that banks and lenders take to fund, to underwrite and fund, sometimes is a challenge for my clients. Yeah, I'll bet. People that don't have a lot of, ex lot of experience on the commercial side used to think that they could get a commercial loan within 21 to 30 days like they can a residential loan. Mm -hmm. It takes three weeks just to get a commercial appraisal <laughs> in a lot of cases. You know, it's just, it's just not possible. I had realtors who or commercial brokers who were trying to put, sign a purchase contract the other day, and they kept saying, well, the seller wants 30 days, the seller wants 30 days, the buyer can do it in 30 days, it's no problem. I said, it's a problem. <laughs> I need 45. Yeah, reality and 45 is, is going to be tight till you get me everything. And usually the borrower, you know, he has, he struggles a little bit at getting his documentation to you. Not every borrower knows what you're going to need, so they don't have it easily accessible sometimes. Sometimes they have to go back to their accountant sure. for things. So, you know, there's there's that time length that, that takes. And then sometimes when I have loans from brokers, there's communication breakdowns. So that's my other hurdle is. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I literally had a client. I, I had a broker last year who brought me a property in San Francisco. Um, it was an SRO. So a single residency occupancy. So okay. kind of, I don't know if you're familiar with those because we don't see those here in Arizona. And they have a few in San Diego, but they're fairly popular in San Francisco area. Okay. So this broker was from New Jersey, brings me this project in San Francisco. I have the lender who's doing it. And we're, we're ready to go. I mean, like we've issued a term sheet. We, but we need to talk to the borrower because my lender just feels like the borrower needs to understand certain things that need to happen. Uh-huh. And that broker would not put us on the phone, would not put me on the phone, would not introduce me to the borrower. And I have to respect the broker because he brings me business, right? Yeah. So I would never go around him and call his borrower. I asked for his and several times asked for it. And finally, the borrower paid cash for it. <laughs> he didn't want to deal with the broker. It was taking too long. Right. But it wasn't on our end. We were sitting with the term sheet that he had not sent because oh, he was gosh. afraid the broker was going to go around and use our lender. Yeah. Well, we've already registered them as being the, you know, the broker's originating, he is the originating cause. So he's already registered with us. So he was not going to get written out of the deal, but he was so afraid of it that he actually cost us all the deal. So the final word in commercial lending is it was cash. Yeah. He ended up paying cash for the property. Well, dang. And he didn't, and he really wanted to leverage because the leverage was good. We were like at Five percent, four point nine nine percent. Golly! So you know he, but so that's kind of another hurdle that I have to deal with sometimes is the communication hurdle with the, and there's just not enough time in the day sometimes. Um, I have a lot of times I'll send an email, yeah, just saying hey you know can you answer this or can you do this and then they want to call, <laughs> and it's it's hard because I I'm in the middle of like seventeen files I know. so it's kind of hard for me to stop underwriting to answer your phone call. I want to answer your phone call, but sometimes it's just not possible at that moment. And then they'll leave a message with my secretary and then I'll call them back and they'll go, oh, I was just getting ready to answer your email. Do you know how you run out of time like that? That's where we're That's here where we are too. At show. <laughs> it's because yeah. I'm chatty. <laughs> no, but that's great. I love that. Real quickly, because you've got literally 30 seconds. Okay. Give people who are listening two options to reach you, email, voicemail, however it is you want to do that. Okay, my office number is 480-991-1777. My email is amy at 
A-M-C-A-P.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter. That's awesome. It has been an amazing pleasure having you here. Thanks, Peter. And we will uh, we'll continue our conversations, obviously, off mic. Um, but in the meantime, I want to thank you for listening and spending an hour with us today. Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. My guest this week has been Amy Winsky. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for tuning into Business Rules. Be sure to join Peter Feinstein for another enlightening program next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a winning week.